Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Knocking balls, time, time knocking time, balls. Time to start our uh, underground pool tournament in our parents' house. <laughs> Holy shit. This is the most uh, parents' house, parents' house I, I have expected. seen since the movies I made with my friends in high school <laughs> where we filmed in our parents' house. I, I expected a mom to come downstairs like, what are you kids doing? A dad is uh, in the film. Oh, yes. Uh, listen. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Behind the Nine. Behind the Nine. Get it today on Tubi. On Tubi and on YouTube. For free. In its entirety. (laughs) With Mm. no one has deigned to make a copyright strike against it. (laughs) This movie was abandoned. I counted a dozen ways for things to go wrong, but I never thought of this. No way. All right. Well, first of all, big thank you to our Patreon producer. Why don't you take a flying fuck at the moon? At the moon. (laughs) Yeah. Thank Thank you you. so much for uh, uh, Phil needs to take a flying fuck at the moon. (laughs) I have questions for you, our Patreon producer, such as why and wh- wh- how did you find this movie? I hope you're not involved in the movie. I suspect just gonna... they might be. I mean, I'm sorry if you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, if you're involved with the movie, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Or if you're involved in the movie and you know what it is, if you're not... Like, if you're like, man, that was embarrassing. Because here's what I'll say before going into this movie. Well, we should explain what it is, too, but yeah. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. I, I just want to say before we yeah. start making fun of this movie, I could have made a movie like this at one point in my life. Uh, so, like, I that is to say... I have like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I could have worked on a movie like this. Uh, so, this is a movie from 2003, uh, and it is a indie uh, uh, pool, hustler pool tournament film. Uh, I had to, I, so my, like, I, I was in film school in, I believe, 2004 or five. Uh, uh, that's why I mean, brag. like, when I, when I saw this movie in the day, I like checked to see where it was made. Cause I was like, I hope I don't know anybody who's involved with this. This is, um, it is a movie in that. It is available like a movie. It has an IMDb page. The reviews have noted that they rented the movie before in the past. Uh, I believe it's out of Atlanta. Um, it is. Uh, so let's let's try to figure it's, out the plot. Here. Well, it's 
it's very much one of those Tarantino Guy Ritchie clones that were coming yes. out in the in the late mid late nineties, uh, early mid aughts. Right. I want to start with that because more, more I was Guy in film Ritchie. school. More Guy Ritchie, yeah. but it definitely I was in film school. Like I said, in the early when this movie came out, and uh, boy, it gave me flashbacks because there'd be so many students who'd be like, "You want to help out on my movie I'm making?" And there was always a Tarantino trunk shot. It was always about crime gone wrong. It was always narrated of like, "This is the kind of guy I am," and this this all it's happened in one night and it all went wrong. Right. This is like this is a clone of a million film student movies. Yeah. It's it's everyone who saw Snatch and then went and tried to make their own version of it. Basically, it's not yes. it's, it's not quite that, but it is one of those crime movies that just thinks its writing is very very clever. Like yes. so, they have the narrator say these weird turns of phrases, and they do the Where, yeah. They try to have every character be like quirky. It's like this wide broadcast characters and like they do a freeze frame on like a dossier to introduce you to each character it's yes. it's every cliche you know from this genre yes and we're gonna get into what makes this unique but like it's well first of all it does it wants to do yes every cliche i will say it does it poorly they have a part where they're talking about the bouncer and he's like he doesn't start fights big pause he finishes it. And it's like, did you think that was a really clever line? Yeah. Because that is a saying. You're just doing a saying. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of that where like the, the clever dialogue isn't clever. Uh, and everybody's just sort of racist and homophobic. Uh, because there are edgy. S- right. There's so many. This was a fucking problem. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let me, well, let me, Should- let's start. Let's first things first. Let's explain what this movie is about. Okay. So, so, I think I know if you if you if you are unsure. I I can give the setup and then you're going to have to tell me what happens in the middle because it was really hard. Gotcha. Um, It is about a man who's supposed to be a very serious man. He says at the beginning, like, uh, what is it? I have three uh, loves. It's statistics, baseball uh, and billiards and billiards. And and it's like, wow, so you're just you could just say I'm a boring white guy. Yeah. Oh, Um, so you're Nate Silver yeah statistics baseball and pool is what he says Mm -hmm. and he's running this um one million dollar tournament um uh it's he gets a half million the winner gets a half million it is a tournament of 200 people did you catch that tom yeah 200 people uh and and he is running the show uh and then the movie proceeds to be just the that tournament he has the his love. It, the end of it. It's the finals. It's like the it's final the finals. It's the last six seven. or seven players. Yeah. And they are all, it's kind of, it felt like it was just vignettes. It was supposed to be at the least. It's just conversations people are having. Yeah. And then at the end, the money is like one guy kills himself, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, there, there's just a series of vignettes. Uh, and then, and then at the end, his girlfriend steals the money and is killed uh and then a uh, guy doing a really bad mobster impression wins uh and that's the movie right yep uh okay so there's there's really i didn't miss anything huh nope there's no like it, okay because it did feel like it was trying to be tarantino in that one of the things i think film students didn't understand about tarantino 
or like Kevin Smith or any movie where it's like it's just a slice of life. People talking. There, is a, there out. is a bit of Kevin Smith in here because this movie yes. really is trying to impress you with its writing, specifically its right. dialogue. And the thing that this movie and a lot of film students didn't understand is like that doesn't mean there isn't a plot. Things have to like kind of progress or mean something or characters have to have arcs. And that's not really this movie's deal. One character as, has an arc in this film, and that's the guy that kills right. himself. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. As we alluded to, uh, so, okay, <laughs> you got to make this movie, right? You're making a movie about a uh, uh, pool tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you set that movie, Tom? Probably in a pool hall. Yeah. Or at least a dive bar. Or at least a bar um, or someplace. Like, for this, it's supposed to be super underground, right? Which makes me question how the fuck he has 200 players each year. Like, how do you keep that? And yeah, where, so where are I, they holding these events? Like, I mean, they, so, they do have this subplot where he pays the sheriff uh, every year to sort of, you know, continue running this game. And he has some connection with the sheriff. I forget. Like, he dated it after his dad died. The sheriff dated his mom for a while or some shit. Um, and he's like dating the, or not dating the sheriff. The sheriff's daughter is there, but I don't understand what her character's point was. Right. I, I don't, who can say, I think it's just to connect it. All the women make out with each other. There's a reason yes, I don't they feel do, like, Dave. yeah, there's yes, a reason they I don't, do. I don't, I don't feel like I have to be nice to this film because this film wasn't nice to me. Um, it, it's oh. like Cinemax, um, without nudity, where just like every woman makes out with each other. Every guy is drop in just the most homophobic and racist thing just casual racism and homophobia yeah that uh Uh, reminded me of pool hall junkies uh which yes has a lot of connective tissue with this movie it's a movie we reviewed a few years back um but it's also sort of crime very independent not as independent as this but a very independent crime drama about a pool hall guy and it just begins with a white dude saying the n-word over and over again there's yes. no no white guys say the n word in this, but it gets close. They say some other really shitty racist things, and it's just like yeah. there was this period in the aughts where, like, white dudes trying to be edgy were obsessed with this shit. Yes, like trying to push so, this envelope. It was so uh, it's so fuck. It was embarrassing at the time, but looking back on it, it's like so fucking embarrassing and awful. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and then the film school aspect where it's like, God damn, because Pool Hall Junkies at least had more of a budget. Yeah, um, Christopher I'm glad Walken you brought that it. up. Yeah. <laughs> glad you brought that up because the question we asked before we started recording is like, why are pool movies so often bad and what makes a good one good? Because we do have some of the, some great movies, The Hustler, The, Hustler, the Color, the color of, money. of Money. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Maybe there are others that I don't think of. Um, and I think it comes down to this is pool movies are good if the person making it recognizes that pool isn't that cool because <laughs> the hustler and the color of money is sort of about these people in their rock bottom it's about being a scumbag, like being yes. a rock bottom scumbag. Like they're treating, Whereas, they're treating pool like underground pool in this movie, like underground high stakes poker. Right. And it, it just ain't it, man. And, and it's not that, cool like the idea of like oh i know a bit of pool it's like yes you and everybody you and everybody knows how to play pool it's just it's like it's a game uh it's fine you yes people gamble on it yes they're good pool Yeah, there's tournaments Um, and lots of money gets thrown around but it just doesn't there's something grimier about pool than yeah than poker you know so it feels 
I don't, like you. I, I agree. I think you do see, need to sort of approach it from like it's not like the gentleman's gamble. It's not like J- James Bond doesn't shoot pool. Right now, I I want to paint a picture for you, Tom, of a movie that could have happened based off this premise. Imagine first of all, they could shoot it in an actual bar. Yeah, and imagine a tournament that is yes, people are trying to steal the money. Uh, there's betrayal. People are killing themselves when they lose. Imagine all that. But what if the prize money was like 30 grand? And the idea was these people are rock bottom. That's how you make a movie like this. You, you, you make the, the, the problem is, again, this person wants to be cool. This movie is made off of the idea of like, we want this to be cool. Uh, and if you had gone the other way with it, and been like, they're not even fighting over a lot of money. It's just people who are at the end of their rope who are just desperate because there's a problem with this movie. A few problems. What, the big problem is they don't have the budget to make the movie. Right. So it is no fooling made entirely inside a suburban home. That's what we've been sort of circling around. Mm-hmm. This is shot in a house. A house that is not worth a million dollars. The idea, they, they start with this. Again, it's they can't their eyes are bigger than the stomach they want it to be cool so they're like prize money is a million dollars and it's like i'm sorry the house you're in is it's not worth a million dollars yeah again i just want to want to pause and hit that a little just hit it one more time this takes place entirely within a suburban house but they're within makes it a suburban house we never even go outside yes and the thing that makes it a real bummer is that they are trying to pretend it's not. And what I mean by that is like, we start in the guy's office where he's eating steak and potatoes while working. And I was like, dude, put, give him a sandwich. Like, why has he made himself steak and potatoes? Because he's in a home. Uh, and he, he, it's like, he's like cutting it with a fork and knife trying to read. And it was like, that's such a silly thing to start with. Uh, and b- he's in his office. But his office is clearly a bedroom. There's a closet, like uh, like one of those, um, like with um, what are they called? Like a folding door with like shutters. Like a it's a it's a McMansion. Like that's the thing that they're mm-hmm. also in. Kind of just like a yeah. It's so a he's just his office doesn't look like an office. It looks like someone's bedroom. Uh, with like again, he the shot is of him at a desk eating steak and potatoes with a fucking closet behind him. Yep. And it's like, uh, yeah, the, the security room is like a living room or is a hallway where the guy's sitting on like a wooden kitchen chair and it's, watching a CRT television. They and it's like, this is they didn't even take they didn't even decorate the set. So it's just like it's just a house. It's just a house. So there's like pictures on the wall. There's pictures on the tape. It's, you know, it. Yeah. And it's just like framed art. Yeah. Uh, of like really quaint. And photographs of, of like clearly the whoever's house it is family. That's like the furniture yes. in there. It's they filmed it at the home of somebody who happened to own a pool table. Yes. So they set up the den That's to how try to make it. it is. Like they, they hang this black curtain over the doorway to get into the room where they all play pool. And it just looks so funny. And their yes. little their little bar setup is just. It's a you know, wooden bar. It's a it's bar a, that you can buy on Craigslist for $100. It's a bar that your parents have at their house. You know, it's a bar yeah. that you keep like four bottles of liquor behind. And there's like a bookshelf behind it. And they're trying to make it look like this high stakes bar. Yeah. And they have this other close, which is clearly the same closed circuit TV that the security guy is watching. They just, you know, 
move it for the different shots. But it's this crammed thing. all the way up above the bar in one of the bookshelves. And that's like what the people at the bar are supposed to be watching. Like they're watching the, the game being played in the next yeah. room. This movie cost $40 to make. It couldn't have cost um, much more. Yeah. Uh, it's very, this is like, it's the glaring problem. Like when they're sitting, they're just sitting on like a leather, leather sofa and this mobster's like it's trying to act tough. And it's right. like, you're all <laughs> just, you're LARPing. You're filming your LARPing is what yeah, you're doing. You're like filming your hosting a murder mystery party. Like it's, it's just so clearly somebody's house. There's it, a character kills yeah. himself. A character is cocaine. And then a, uh, also a character kills himself in the bathroom. The bathroom has floral wallpaper. And it's just a suburban bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so okay. You're making this movie. The first thing you do is you try to find a bar. That's the first thing you do. Uh, you can't find a bar. Then you have to put in the work to decorate a house to make it look at least like a mobster's house or a crime guy house, or you immediately call attention to it. You show this suburban house. You put a fake family in it. And then you say, all right, everybody downstairs and they leave. You pay them or something. The, the, the first thing with the like low budget filming is like, like a movie like Coherence. Did you see Coherence, Tom? I, I probably asked you this a million times. I haven't yet. I need to. That also takes place in a suburban house and is a low budget film. The difference is they wrote it to be that way. Um, so like the first thing you got to do if you can't afford to film outside of this house, write a movie that takes place in a house. You know what I mean? Don't like just pretend it's not a house. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they do. They pretend it's not a house. So they, they've told us this is a 200 person tournament for a million dollars. I just want to throw this out. They have one pool table that would take if they played for 24 hours, assuming every game play was an hour long, it would take more than a week of 24 hour playing for t- like, that's the amazing thing, first of all, is uh, the, a 200-person tournament. The, and, and the matches are like best of eight. Like, yes. they play a lot of games yeah, <laughs> for you're each right. matchup. Uh, so that already, they have been playing this for weeks and weeks and weeks, if not months, <laughs> in this single fucking house. Uh, and these people are supposed to be the best of the best. And I want to hit another big problem with this movie. Uh, so my assumption was like, okay, so this is really indie. They're trying to make this pool movie. That must mean someone in the movie can play pool. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) The other problem is the pool is bad. They never show Uh, it. They they never never show it. it. They show people standing around the pool table and then they'll show close-ups of balls going into pockets. The same close-ups often. They Mm -hmm. loop the same shots. Yep. Uh, People will miss though, like obvious shots. And it's like, so you are the best out of 200 in this million dollar tournament and none of you really can play pool very well. Uh, and the, yeah, it, it's, mm. <laughs> it's a real problem. It's, <laughs> it is. <sighs> I'm not sure why <laughs> we were asked to cover this movie, I don't know. but it's, uh, it's every piece of it is just, so embarrassing i guess well not not every piece because it's not i do want to i do want to say, say this movie is pretty cringe uh, oh yeah it, it, but yeah. I, I i did want to say that it's not the room like it is still a movie with a plot it is not it is far from the worst movie i have ever seen right 
but that's kind of the problem with it. Right. It's <laughs> it's 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 as incompetent and or not incompetent, but it's man, it is as bad a movie as you can make that still tells a story. Right. Th- like still tells a coherent story. Right. Um, uh, I know what you're trying to say because the room does technically tell a coherent story. It's just really funny. Like the, so uh, well, another thing that has to be noted is that several of the actors in this are actors, uh, not at the time, but like one of the actors, uh, goes on to be in, I think play crane, the character crane in Lovecraft country. Uh, one of them goes on to be in the walking dead. Uh, they're, they're, uh, so I can't, the acting in this isn't good, but it's not the actor's fault, I would argue. Uh, it's very clear that they rushed it. Uh, there's no way someone could act no, in this and there's, environment. There's no like blocking. It's just people standing around in rooms in a house. Yeah. Like, there's no real lighting. Like The light seems to just be the lamps that are in this room in the house. Yes. Um, that, is, um, that is one of the things. It's yeah. just, it just, it is so... <sighs> When I uh, was in film school, one of the first classes, I think it was a directing, it was a cinematography class. Uh, they did something very useful, the teacher. He was like, I want to tell you how to spot a bad, low-budget film. And here are the things to look for. Uh, the big one is camera. If the camera doesn't move, if it's on sticks or if it's handheld, you know, it's you just your brain automatically knows I'm watching a cheap movie. And what I mean by that is if it's only panning, tilting, uh, and then handheld, you know that they couldn't afford to do anything. And so, like, you look at a movie like Evil Dead, Sam Raimi knew that he couldn't afford a dolly. So he made one out of boards because he knew that he had to move the camera. He had to. Yeah, uh, that's the, this, the, the the first thing you notice when a when a movie is bad or has like no budget is that the camera doesn't move, and you 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 may not consciously notice it, but you you feel it immediately. Where like, oh, this movie feels like bad. Yes, like, this movie feels probably, like crap. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons why. Um, uh, the other one we already talked about, which is like you have to write a story around what your means are. Sam Raimi, going back to that, wrote a story that took place in a cabin because he knew he could get to a fucking cabin. Uh, and he knew he could do certain things uh, there. Uh, it was hell to film that movie, but he, he, he kept it in the woods. That's why a lot of horror movies are, for example, found footage or take place in the woods or take place in a single location because they're, they're filming around what they had. Paranormal Activity, shot in a suburban house, and it knew how to use that fact. Um, they didn't spend any money on sound. You can tell there's a single mic in the room. There's a lot of fuzz that it's you, when one character who's farther from the character, the camera talks, they're quieter. <laughs> they didn't shoot ADR. Uh, like they didn't do anything like that. They didn't. There's, so, like, there's the thing some, is, but I don't think there's any looping within the scenes. Like, I think it's all yeah. just like the narration and stuff. Yeah. 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 So like, this is another thing you can, you can go back and you can do this in post if you have the time. Like, that's the thing is the lower budget you have, the more time you have to spend. And they didn't want to do either. Uh, you mentioned the lighting. It's not lit, right? It's all practical. This was probably shot on a digital camera. I'm guessing because if you watched it on Tubi, like it couldn't even fill the screen I was watching. 
Like it was clearly shot on a format. Yeah, it was, that was it was like it was shot pre- in 2002. So yeah. yeah, it was shot on one of those little digital cameras. Yeah. That like doesn't even fit uh, your normal flat screen television anymore. Yeah. Um the props. The props and this like when he takes out that suitcase and handcuffs, those are plastic handcuffs. They sure Maybe, are. Maybe yeah. Uh that that suitcase it's like you you gotta you gotta afford a fucking the, nice enough suitcase. The monster's man. gun that they never really let you see. Right. The fact that when three characters get shot, we don't see it. Right. They try to do a stylistic thing. Yeah. They cut to different rooms of the house. Ha- they fade in and out of of three different rooms of the house, and they they didn't have a good sound effect for the gun, so it's like not immediately clear that that's what's supposed to be happening because it doesn't sound loud enough. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's like the three characters, and they're three major characters, or at least two of them are, um, rob the main character at the end and try to run off with the money. Like the mobsters, the mobster who's playing in the tournament, his bodyguard leaves the room after them. And then it just cuts to three shots, three static shots. Well, not static shots, but they're stationary shots of three other rooms in the house that just fades in and out to each shot as we hear a new gunshot. And that's right. that's how we learn that three characters have died. Yes. We don't see them die, we don't see them get shot, we don't see their dead bodies. That's no. that's it. And then when they dump their bodies in a trunk, it's like that's a pile of leaves. That is not a human that you're dumping in there. Yeah. Uh they're throwing they're throwing three bodies into the trunk of the same sedan. In a suburban garage. In a suburban <laughs> garage. And the and if you look, Dave, the car does not move when they toss no. each body in there because that's a bag of leaves. That's a bag right. of clothing. <laughs> a detail, folks. Details. Um uh uh the music. So the music is clearly ev- whatever they could get legally. There's no score. And honestly, this is kind of... There the, is some is score. A, there is some there score. There is. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that sort of needs it because they just, they keep swapping from music song to song and there's no consistency in it because I think it's just what music they could get. That's the, it. The, the, um, it's almost entirely, yeah, just like, like pop songs, like, like rock songs um, rather than a score. And if you look yeah. at the end credits, all of the like rock songs were provided by two bands. So that's like I suspect either somebody in the production is in those bands <laughs> or yeah. like their friends or siblings or something of the because they get there's so many songs. This this there's like 30 songs in this movie by yeah, that I've never heard before. They're trying to like fill all the silences. You yeah, know? Um, yeah. So there's just constantly music playing, and it doesn't like like you said, it's just kind of whatever they could get. So it rarely matches what's happening on the uh, on the screen. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, if if the idea is that it's it's diegetic, it's playing in the background of the scenes, that's fine. But like, it, it, just, it, it does sound like it's like playing on a boombox somewhere. Yeah. Which the problem with that is like, if this was set in a bar, that would make more sense. Uh, but it's a suburban house that they're pretending is a bar, so it just feels like someone's playing music at a house party. Now, are they pretending it's a bar, or is it supposed to be this main character's ho- home that I, he's invited so th- these people to to come they play later, pool? Yeah, someone later says, like, you got this cool little underground thing. They seem to imply it's supposed to be a house, but then if it is, you have to make it look nicer. You know what I mean? Because they treat it like it's like, oh, we're getting drinks, we're doing this thing. Um, 
it's sort of in this you're right is i think the intention was like it's a house but it's so badly put together that it feels like it's kids playing pretend well they didn't you know what i mean they didn't do any set deck so it it's it's clearly just somebody's parents house right and so this goes into like the final thing that i keep saying which is like you know your limitations and it, it really reminds me of like again film school shit which is like they wanted to make a guy Ritchie film so f- right away you should know guy Ritchie films move the camera around a lot they have dynamic music almost they constantly. have dynamic lighting <laughs> yeah you can't do that you're not making a guy Ritchie film you have to accept that but they can't accept that so they're trying to do that uh but they don't have any it's like making a horror movie but not having like even a rubber mask or like blood it's just like no you need the things to make that movie so right away it's just like you either need to put actual money into this or you need to uh not make it this um and if you want to make it this then accept that you're making like an exercise and not a movie that you're going to put out to the public right it's so I think a lot of indie films suffer from, and I mean like indie in the ter- in terms of like micro budget films like this, right. uh, when it's made a lot of amateur films um, tend to have the same problem of not moving the camera. Like that's part of, I feel like that's a, a, a problem that a lot of these movies share because it's not a thing. Like we were saying earlier, you may not notice that the you may not like consciously notice that the camera doesn't move, but you definitely notice it. So if if your only background uh, in in film is watching a lot of movies, you probably and you, you're gonna I'm gonna make a movie of my own. You probably don't understand how important moving the camera and, and shot choices are because so many of these movies share the same problem of just parking the camera someplace. So it's, well, it, all that matters is supposed to just film. It's, you know, film the dialogue of the scene. We just need these characters visible on screen as they say their lines. And that's good. That's the shot. Right. But that's not how movies work. That's, you know, it's not. So yeah, like you're, you're, I think that is a bigger issue than anything else we've said. Bigger, yeah. than, bigger than the acting, bigger than the lighting, bigger than the fact that it's clearly set in somebody's parents' house that they didn't even do any set decoration for. The fact that they just park the camera just yes. to film these people saying their lines and then and then that's it. It's it's that is the most noticeable thing that makes this movie feel really cheap. Yeah. Uh, that said, like you look at, I don't know, clerks, I'm pretty sure does Kevin Smith ever ha- use a dolly in that movie. I'm not sure if he does. No, there um, are, there are instances where the writing can overcome that. Well, that's yeah. But so you, you have at- to be really, f- and I'm not going to you have to be really fucking good. And Kevin Smith, however you feel about writing, at least at that place in time was really great at, at writing jokes. Yes, and he also knew how to get around his limitations. Exactly, he wrote yeah. around them. He could only shoot at night, so he wrote in. He had a an reason. actual location that does a lot. Yes, like it does it's a it's actually lot. in a convenience store. It's actually in a video store. It's so like that. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked if it was just in his parents' house was suppo- and was lightly dressed up to make it look like a convenience store. Exactly, like, he had the he had the location, so it I think it picked up the slack that the limited camera moves put down you know but also what he did is he did a lot of editing 
it, when he shot a scene, he shot reverse shots. He when he shot, he a shot conversation, coverage. he shot coverage. <laughs> he shot wides. Yeah. So like, if you can't move the camera in the scene, you can you can do things around it to make it feel more dynamic to keep the also, momentum going. Yeah, he didn't shoot a crime movie. He shot a comedy with people talking. Yep, a movie with, that doesn't require a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like that's a big part of it as well. Um, and this is all that. Like, I, I also get the feeling like, okay, the actors, he had the people he knew, or she, I don't know who made this. I think it's a, a, a male director. It was, it was a not, man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that checks out, considering the content. Um, Consider- considering the three fem- the only three female characters in the movie all make out with each other. Yes. And I think uh, they all turn out, to, they're all either fuck-ups or betrayers. Yeah, that checks out. Hooray. Um, yeah, again, it, the whole, the movie itself is like, it's not worth talking about to some extent because it's just like, it, again, it feels like LARPing. It's just like, we it's, love, it's, pool it's, is so cool. It's, we don't know how to play it, but we think it's real cool when people play pool and it's a real like tough guys. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. Like yeah, it's real embarrassing male fantasy stuff. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, okay, you have a bunch of baby faced actors like there's a guy who plays a mobster and like one he didn't cut his hair he just slicks it back but it's like long in the back so it's like i don't know you're in a movie cut your hair (laughs) like get a go to a barber shop get the haircut for the movie role uh the director should pay for it or the producer um and he's in a suit and he's speaking in he's like doing an impression of christopher from the sopranos yeah because it's 2002 yeah, he's speaking in an Italian accent that is not his accent. There's a few of those, isn't there? Like, I, I believe there's a few accents. It's like, just yeah, use your voice. The um, oh man, what was his name? Uh, the 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 shitty friend who turns out to be one of the people trying to steal his money. The guy that was the former baseball player. He right. he puts on that. That's actually the guy that was in um, uh, shit. He, he's he. That's that's the actor that's had like a pretty long career. Right. Um, anyway, uh, he has, he puts on like generic crime accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he does. It's, it's uh, the accents were the thing that really made me go, Oh, don't do that. It's like, it's like a children's party magician doing like f- tricks with fire. This is like, nah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Like, you don't, you, you're working out of your trunk. Uh, you don't have the resources yeah. to like, to, like, and that's what it is, is like, don't do an accent, man. Like you're already asking a lot of us. Yeah, don't, uh, don't stick. Don't, don't try to juggle chainsaws. Just stick with the card yeah. tricks. Which is, again, going back to why they're like a million dollars. That reminds me of Birdemic, when he's like, I did the big deal. For how much? One million dollars. It's like, it's Dr. Evil. It's like a kid's view of what a lot of money is. And so the, the, the big thing I keep going back to is they wanted this to be big. They wanted it to seem like, oh, a million dollar big stakes. And it's like, this would have been so much better if it was small stakes, because then you could actually justify some of the things you could say like, okay, these are just kids because they're, they're playing for a lot of money to them, but it's not that much money in the long run. You know what I mean? Like certainly not in the world of underground gambling, right? But this person, again, it's the idea of like, this movie wants us to believe that a genuine mobster shows up for this tournament. Right, with, with and his, that this with tournament is a million-dollar tournament where the guy keeps the money. Uh, spoilers behind the wooden bar, uh, unprotected in this like shitty living room. 
Uh, well, that's the big twist. A, like he whips out the case that's and handcuffs it to his wrist. So you think that's the money the whole movie, right. but it was really full of newspaper. Yeah, it sure was. But I do remember at the time when he whipped out the briefcase, I was like, what the fuck are you doing that for? Yeah, it's like a briefcase that you like. Yes, I don't know why he does that. Uh, also, it's like a briefcase that you like buy poker chips that like comes with poker chips. You know what I mean? Like it's this metal shitty, like it's not even waterproof. You yeah. can sort of tell. It's a costume briefcase. Yeah. It's all costume shit. Um, also, whenever they show the character, they do the freeze frame. Um, they show their odds of winning in his file. Mm-hmm. Why does he have their odds of winning? Because he, he loves statistics. He's, he loves statistics. If he loves statistics, he should know how hard it is to do a 200 person uh poker game with one table it doesn't make any um, sense dave it's written no. it's written by a person who doesn't understand how statistics work in relation to gambling or in relation yeah. to anything i guess i don't need to point out plot holes when the guy slits his throat in the bathroom the cop comes and then the game continues yep. there's like what happened right there? the sheriff just Did grumbles just at him the body yeah the sheriff grumbles at him like don't cause any more trouble it's like a man is dead right like, that's a substantial amount of paperwork for you, Sheriff, even if he is paying you $50,000 a year. Yeah, yeah, that's still, yeah, that's, there's got to be paramedics to come you get the body, You just disappear right? this guy? Right. Did you remember the one, the transition, the one transition they do, where the guy walks across the screen and it makes a wipe with the body going by? It's uh. one of the wilder things they do, because I was just like, you don't do that through, like, it's a guy, Richie, edit yeah. Uh, or it's supposed to be but they don't do it ever again and it's not motivated and going right, back the, to like the, the tone of it is playful and yeah. it's not a playful th- scene like the man's the man's death is not handled playfully or funny like it's supposed right. to be it's supposed to be kind of like a gift of the magi thing because this character is the only character who has an arc in the in, in the movie is a guy named tim and we learn that he's just lost his job um and he's 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 broke he's flat broke his wife thinks he's at a conference in tampa like a job conference looking for more work but he's here betting it all on this pool tournament he loses then takes one of the other players hostage to try to steal the money he gets his ass beat by this mysterious player who turns out to be one of the thieves i think um and then they take him into the bathroom to get cleaned up and he's just really pathetic and he's he's like his arm got broken when when they disarmed him uh and he's just at 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 the end of his rope and so he decides to kill himself in the bathroom but at the same time it's intercut with shots of alex who's the main character the the statistician uh running the tournament Mm -hmm. taking out some cash and putting it in an envelope and he writes tim's name on like he's gonna give this guy money because he feels bad for him but then the guy kills himself so there that's like the the only legitimate arc that's in this movie so like anyway Mm -hmm. i said all that to illustrate that it is not funny like it's not handled in the way that like a death in a guy Ritchie movie would be handled where it's kind of like darkly comedic there's nothing funny about it and then it does this wacky little wipe when they take his body out yeah (laughs) it's It's a baffling decision to make so weird (laughs) they just wanted to do something that they saw in in a guy Ritchie movie and it looked cool yeah no no thought to what it actually means (laughs) right and this is uh, I keep mentioning film school because it, it just really 
So again, it reminded me of film school specifically during this era. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk. I can't, it must have been, bit. that must've been brutal Dave going to film school during this era. <laughs> yes. Um, that's what I want to, I wanted to know is that, so two thousands, um, what makes that significant is that we are, we were in an era where Tarantino in the nineties, Kevin Smith in the nineties, Spike Lee, um, a lot of Miramax, um, where there was this Gen X filmmaking. And when you hit the 2000s, um, there was this feeling at least, and I don't know, I haven't been to film school recently, so maybe this never went away. But there was this vibe that there were some people who are under the misconception that being a director was cool. Uh, that it's a cool thing to be. And I think it's like the Tarantino of it all, the Guy Ritchie of it all. That movies, arts movies, indie movies were cool. And what I mean by that is like, cool, like this gets me the ladies. This is popular. This is, it's cool. And you'd always run into those people in film school and they were people who would like, they cared more about how they looked than how the movie looked. Right. Um, and I think there's always been an element of that in art. Uh, and there's been many movies lampooning that idea. Like I remember I, I knew someone who like, like who did art galleries and they would put more care into how they looked at the gallery than the actual art they'd put out. Like there's a lot of that where it's like, we just want to be cool and they don't think about what the actual intent of the, of the art is supposed to be because they're starting from, I just want to be cool. And, and there's, and the fact of the matter is it's just, it's not cool. (laughs) it's that's not that's not the right idea movies can be cool uh people can be in careers where they go i'm i feel cool in this career but you kind of have to do the work first and you can sort of tell uh, or i could tell in film school and and this is coming from someone who's never made a movie mind you i'm not a success either and like i said in film school there were movies i would help out with that were the equivalent of this for sure i never made something like this i never like you know, I made stuff like this in high school, but not like, you know, after film school. Um, it's just it, this person clearly wanted to be cool. They wanted something that they didn't have the resources to make and they couldn't accept that. Uh, and that's how you get stuff like Neil. Right. Brady it's like these, or Tommy Wiseau. These movies are made to it's like they're making a movie to to become famous for for this or like they're it's like they're trying to right. make a movie that's quotable and or they're kind of larping yeah they want to they want to they they're larping because they want to they want to be tarantino but they don't want to do the work or the practical work that it, that requires mm-hmm. you know you look at reservoir dogs where does that take place a factory a hideout uh and you he's hiding a lot of budget that way but he had enough budget to make a movie <laughs> and Tarantino for all his, the things I, that bothers me about him, he knows how to direct. He knows what right. that takes. There's enough, like you don't see the heist in that movie. You just hear about it. Right. So for a movie about a heist gone wrong that you never even see, it's like, you know, that sounds horrible, but like he had enough of a budget and he's enough of a, you know, he's, he's a good enough writer and, and director that he's able to, like all we need to see is their desperate escape where Tim Roth shoots that lady. Like that's, you know, and he's in the bleeding 
shot in the stomach screaming in the back of a car like that's dynamic enough and that tells us enough of the story and it's 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 he's still hiding a lot of budget that way because the inside of a car doesn't cost anything to shoot really um but and again it's yeah yeah it's just like yeah it's they're starting from like I need, I want to make a movie myself. What can I make? And it's someone sitting down and being like, Oh, it's going to be like a mob movie and there's shootouts. It's like, no, you, you, you have a suburban house, write Skinnamarink, write an 8,000 yep. or $15,000 <laughs> movie, write something that you can film and not start with. I want it to be this cool thing. And I think the pool kind of is the microcosm for it. Cause they wanted to make a cool pool movie none of them knew how to play pool <laughs> and it's like well that's where you start right you say wait do we have anybody who can play pool oh we don't maybe we shouldn't make a pool movie then yeah like even even a movie like reservoir dogs in terms of like if you're looking at that as your prototype for like well i could do let me i could write a movie that with as long as the writing's rock solid because like oh what you know what I love about Reservoir Dogs is all the cool dialogue and what I love about Snatch and Lockstock is all the cool dialogue. So like if I could just write it, I can write through the limitations. And it's like, well, part of the problem is you don't realize that like Reservoir Dogs still costs like a couple million dollars. Right. Like Snatch is like a $10 million film. Right. Like and you, they again, still had to do a lot of difficult work raising money even to get this very independent movie put together that still yeah. didn't have enough money to shoot the actual heist that's at the center of it. Right. So I don't know, man, you, you want to make this movie, set it in a hotel, rent a hotel, there, make yeah. it poker, make it poker instead of pool. Yeah. Uh, write the hotel into it. It's underground. It's in a seedy hotel. Uh, you can, you can start with the main character walking in and like trying to fix up the room to make it, you know, like again, right around it, right mm-hmm. around the, the, like you could still technically make this movie, but to try to make a million dollar stakes, pool tournament in a suburban house it's just you're immediately like there it doesn't matter at that point how well you film it it's not gonna be good it's not gonna well, be believable like they have three characters get shot and they don't even yeah film that like it's i don't it's weird what watching this movie it's weird what it seems like the director was insistent upon including like a lot of a couple of slow motion shots and then that slow motion to, to sped up shit that like yeah guy Ritchie was doing at the time and then obviously Zack Snyder got very famous for it um right. it's it's i don't know it's they they might as well be making a fantasy film that's the thing. They might as well be saying, I want to make a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings right. style film. Yeah. <laughs> I have eight dollars. Yeah. It's like then you don't don't make that. Just don't make it. You like, can't you can't make that you movie. You need a different idea. Yeah. Or yep. you need or to you approach need it in a different way. Or or you need to raise that money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's that's what this is. It's like it's just I don't know. For me it's a product of a very specific time in my life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, where it's like this, I'm guessing this person, I don't even know if this person went to film school, I'm guessing this is right out of or during film school, and they're just like, I want to do, I want it all. Um, and so, like, I don't know, uh, nothing against the people behind this, I'm I'm sure, I hope they get a, got a career later, you know, I, I hope they figured it out, but, like, you know, this movie was put out into the world. <laughs> presented to me as a movie uh and it's not that (laughs) no it's not it's it's just 
I don't know. And and I have one compliment for it. Yeah, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the credits. Decent de- beginning credits. I mean, it's all shitty on digital, but like the shot of the pool table and the ball is going around and it sort of wipes the names. Mm-hmm. Uh good good idea for credit sequence. Sure. The uh yeah. the uh the acting, you know, wasn't good, but it wasn't hideous. It wasn't- right again, it's like um, like these There's are actual no the actors like half yeah. half the cast went on to have at least careers as working actors yeah and like um, that guy who's in the walking dead has to sit in a hallway and pretend he's in a security room and it's like what are you gonna do with that you know yeah. uh yeah. you only get like one shot one take i'm guessing i'm sure of most it. of these were at just only did as many takes as it took you took the actors to say the lines correctly yep um, oh this uh, the last uh, the story is is it's easy to follow like right, th- things, a- events connect uh, in in a logical way. Which I mean, it sounds like the <laughs> barest minimum of compliment to make. But like, if you watch a lot of independent, low budget, micro budget movies, I mean, like, I mean, just look mm-hmm. at the room. Like it's <laughs> like the room. Yeah, all 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 sorts of weird, uh, unconnected, bizarre shit will just yes. uh, occur in the room. This at least, like. If you 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 could change not a thing about this script and just put more money into it and it would come out looking you you would never be able to tell that it was like the initial attempt at this was to just film it in somebody's parents' house if that makes sense like it's yeah that makes sense like it's enough of a quote unquote real movie that you can st- it's still a story that is very easy right. to follow and yeah I still wouldn't have liked the dialogue but yes you're no. right uh you yeah it's um. Yeah, there's that. Um, I I do have a one other sort of compliment. <laughs> um, there is an attempt in this movie. So uh, the uh, one of the other things I forgot to say that is a sign of a low budget film is if everything's in focus, um, you can tell it's low budget. If you're in, every shot is completely in focus, that means that they're using the lens that came with the camera. And it's a, just a consumer camera. Um, they knew that because a couple times they try, not all, mind you, most of the shots are still, everything's in focus. Um, but when they shot the pool, they tried to do a rack focus. When they, they break, they failed, but they tried. They did try. <laughs> so, I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple times where they try to do rack focuses, but they, they don't have the right equipment because like it really, so like, the uh the cue ball um is starts in focus and then it racks as it breaks the problem is the cue ball is in the background so that you don't notice so the shot just looks out of focus because it takes up it they didn't frame it right but they knew at least they knew that like focus pulling is a part of a movie (laughs) it's a big part (laughs) like another one of those things you might not notice um but watch any small budget versus a big budget you realize like not you know big budget films tight focus that's a big part of it they're using good lenses this mm-hmm. didn't have that ability yeah but <laughs> you're right but they tried at least it shows that they were aware of the concept of intent yes just a little bit unlike the wipe the body wipe. Unlike, yeah <laughs> unlike the wipe yeah yeah and i would argue yeah if they knew something should they they wanted they wanted to do a cool rack focus because rack focuses are one of the coolest things you learn in film school uh, and so they clearly wanted to do one. 
Um, but they really, their eyes were bigger than the stomach again because doing a rack focus on a pool ball hitting a like flying across is a really hard thing to that do. That is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they really wanted to do it. So, but uh, to me, I'm like, that's that's cute. You should have done that in the regular dialogue scenes. Like, don't spend a day trying to get that rack focus. Just try to shoot the dialogue scenes in ways that look good. You know, uh, light light your light your movie. Yeah, do something. <laughs> yeah, do something. I don't know. Skin a it. And like you know, Blair Witch had come out. They could they they're I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's a great example of making the film that you have with your budget. Yeah, exactly. You have the woods, you have a few actors, and you have shitty cameras. Yeah. Um, Lean make into a it. found footage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't uh, have. We've talked for long enough about this movie. Yeah, we sure did. So that's behind the nine. Check behind it out today. Behind the nine. You don't need to watch it, but you, you really, can easily. You, you could. You could watch it, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It. Oh, that's the final thing. This movie is 78 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn it took me a day to watch this movie. Yeah. Time it, stopped. It, it drags. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. There. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Thank you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. At the moon. Hope you, didn't, hope you weren't part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you found it, though. And thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this was through our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. Um, you go on there, there's uh, exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Mm. Uh, we watch movies with our patrons every Friday night. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of tiers on there. There's a Discord community as well. Very nice people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Full of lovely people like yourself, potentially. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. also have a store. Head over to GameFitEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So, you know, slap your, uh, your, 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 your pool hustling peepers on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In slap your, your slap parents' your rods. house. Yeah. Your rods. <laughs> In your parents' house. In your cocaine. fucking parents' house. <laughs> Acting big and tough. Oh, Christ. It is just, it is so clearly a McMansion from the 90s and aughts. It's just. Yes. <laughs> it is never not that. Yeah. It's never not that. Which. <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so was paranormal activity, but they actually. Yeah. Recognized. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sigh. Big sigh. Big sigh. <laughs>